From the Financial Times in London, I'm Josh Noble and this is FT News. It's the height of the summer holiday season in Europe, but several towns in France have taken the unusual step of banning the so-called burkini from their beaches. A number of women in the southern city of Cannes have already been fined for wearing the concealing swimwear favoured by some Muslims and told to leave the beach. On the line now with me to discuss what's behind the move and to explain why Italy has taken a different approach are two of our bureau chiefs, Anne-Sylvain Chastney in Paris and James Politi in Rome. Turning to you first, Anne-Sylvain, can you tell us a bit about how this ban came into effect and how sort of widespread it's become? Well, I think the Cannes, the Riviera town, was the first to impose the ban in late July and the controversy emerged in the middle of August and the mayor of the town said that the beaches would be prohibited to anyone without, quote, the correct attire, respecting good morals and secularism. Then um, a couple of other towns have followed suit, including the mayor of the Touquet in the north. He issued a preemptive ban, acknowledging that there had been no burkini on the town's beaches, but still wanted to prohibit the swimsuit. Then, earlier this week, the mayor of a Corsican village that was the scene of a massive brawl between locals, tourists, and youth of North African origin also banned the full-body swimsuit from the town's beaches, although it later emerged that there had been no burkini involved in the clash despite earlier reports, and there was only, I think, a veiled woman sitting on the beach. So it sounds like this is about more than just swimwear then. What's the argument for banning this particular piece of attire from the beach? Well, this is really emblematic of the level of fear and paranoia in the wake of horrible terror attacks. And all the mayors basically said that the bans were necessary to maintain public order. And, you know, it comes a few weeks after this horrible terror attack in Nice, horrible killing of a priest in Normandy, in July. So that's the official argument. There is also some political gesturing. As I said earlier, the Touquet mayor has not seen a burkini (laughs) on his beaches, yet it is banning the swimsuits. And he's, you know, he's a centre-right mayor. Nicolas Sarkozy, the um, former centre-right president and presidential hopeful, is going to attend a big gathering in the next few weeks. So this is also becoming a political topic. Has there been much in the way of pushback, either from the government in Paris or from anybody else? You know, until yesterday, until Prime Minister Manuel Valls waded into the debate, there had been no senior government officials who'd made any comments. Prime Minister Manuel Valls was the first one, and he was pretty clear He said that for him, the Burkini was, quote, the instrument of a political project that was based on enslaving women. And he also said that it was not compatible with France's values. So, you know, pretty critical, as you can see. But that said, it doesn't mean that this is a consensual subject. This is a debate about, you know, private freedoms, individual freedoms, and the place of Islam in France in general. We've seen religious and other groups criticize the ban. They said that it was an attack on individual freedoms. The local branch of the Human Rights League has lodged a complaint 
And there will be a ruling from the Supreme Court in France, which will be really interesting. James, let's turn to you. Over in Italy, it seems the government has reacted rather differently and adopted a, an alternative approach towards the Burkini. Just talk us through the situation over there. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the situation is quite different in Italy. I mean, they do have in common miles and miles of shores and beaches along the Mediterranean, but there has been no sort of major terrorist attack recently in Italy. And the interior minister, Angelino Alfano, in response to Manuel Valls' comments this week, essentially made, he made a sort of two-pronged case for not imposing any kind of ban on the Burkini. Initially, he said it was a matter of religious freedom. So essentially, common sense dictated that you couldn't impose this on people, and therefore women should be free to wear whatever they wanted on Italy's beaches. But he also made a second statement, which was quite interesting. And he said, essentially, we don't want to do anything that will provoke the isolation of the Muslim community in Italy. And basically saying, look, we've been able to prevent terrorist attacks in Italy. And this is what Minister Alfano said, through prevention, essentially. And we want to sort of keep it that way. And essentially, earlier, Minister Alfano has said the French model of integration isn't really working very well. So this is sort of the Italian perspective on it. And of course, the situation is very different because Italy has a much smaller Muslim community than France. So it presents a different sort of scale of challenge. But Italy does have a very big inflow of migrants at the moment, many of whom are Muslim, you know, many are Christian as well. But there's a very live debate here as well. So the government seems quite happy with the situation, but is there any popular pressure to bring in any kind of ban or take a different approach? Yes. The Northern League, which is the sort of anti-immigrant right-wing party in Italy, which is the third most popular party according to the polls, it just recently in the past few years um, overtook Silvio Berlusconi's Forza Italia as the main right-wing party in Italy, immediately came out and said that every city along the beach in Italy should copy the French example and said that basically the Burkini itself was a symbol of arrogance and of violence towards women. And so I think there's clearly the sort of political battle lines here in Italy over the Burkini are drawn. And so then let's cross back over to you. When it comes to Muslim dress, it feels like we've been here before in France with the ban on the veil, which, having initially provoked outcry, now seems to be sort of widely accepted. Do you think the same thing will happen with the Burkini ban, or is this a bit more contentious? Yeah, it's quite possible that it will fade. Although in the next eight months, with the presidential elections in April and May next year, I suspect this is going to be a recurring theme But as you mentioned, France has a history of confrontation. I think it's France's particular history with religions has a history of confrontation. And if you remember, in 2004, there was a law which caused a lot of controversy, forbidding any conspicuous religious symbols in state schools. And it was obviously targeting the veils. 
the Muslim veil. And it caused tremendous outcry and a lot of controversy. You know, the press was all over it. But since then, the situation has calmed down on that front. In 2010, there was another law forbidding the face covering veils. This law has been upheld by the European Court of Human Rights in 2014. So again, this one is not controversial anymore, especially, you know, at a time of high terror alert, people understand, and including, you know, most of the Muslims in France, they understand that you just can't walk around town in the streets with your face covered. And if you look at the reaction from the Muslim communities in France over this Burkini controversy, you can see also that there is no consensus at all. And I read comments and columns from French Muslims saying, well, we have to acknowledge the fact that Burkini is not any kind of dress. And it was not there when you had this big wave of immigrants from northern Africa in the 60s and the 70s. Our mothers and our grandmothers didn't wear it, or we never thought about wearing it on French beaches. So it's a recent movement, and it is a minority of you know, more radical Muslims. And so there's a debate, and it's going to be there for a long time, I think. It just highlights the struggles of France across party lines, you know, the conflicting views over France's tradition of secularism. So if it wasn't the burkini, it would probably be something else we were talking about. Probably, yes. And Sylvain, James, thank you both very much for joining us. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.